where he was being protected by his soldiers. So, David sees the Shaul's encampment, he sees him sleeping, and then David decides in a very daring plan of action. So he tells two of his trusted men. The one was Achimelech Achiti, and the other one was Avisha. Avisha was really his nephew. Um, the sons of David's sister were Yoav, Saul, and Avisha. Yoav, he chose the general. Avisha was also a commander in his army. So he tells the two of them, and he says, Who's going to come with me down to confront to the camp where Shaul is? You know, obviously there's a tremendous risk factor involved. You're going literally into the enemy camp. So David said, who's willing to come with me? So Abishai is willing to volunteer to go down with David Melech, so to speak, into the camp where all Shaul and his guards are all sleeping. Obviously, Shaul felt completely uh, unafraid. He wasn't scared of being attacked, which is why any normal army, um, if they're going, they put, they put guards around to guard everyone sleeping. And they take shifts, and then, so that uh, the, the people graduate, he will protect everyone else. Shaul, he felt that I'm going to attack David, he didn't think for a second that he was any risk. So the whole army goes to sleep. There were no guards, there were no sentries. And because of that, so David was willing to try and, uh, so to speak, go down into the camp of Shaul and his army while they were all asleep. He wasn't scared of being caught. We don't find him again. We see that he was given his opportunity to accompany David down to the battle, he, he didn't take it. Um, it was only Abishai who was brave enough to, so to speak, to go down to the battle with David. So what happens? David and So David and Abishai come down to where all the people are sleeping at night. Shal sleeping in the middle of the circle. And his spear which obviously a royal spear was in the ground. It was like a wedge into the ground next to his head. So David and Avishai come down to the camp. They make their way into the camp. And unnoticed, everyone's asleep. And they get to where Shaul is. Now David says to David, Hashem has given your enemy into your hands. Uh, in other words, you're not next to Shal. Shal is fast asleep. The soldiers obviously don't know anything. And therefore, Avishai says, I'll strike him one time with the sphere, which is right next to him, and I'll, I'll drive it through him into the ground. It only takes one time. One time I'll kill him, and that'll be the end of Shal. So, Avishai obviously thinks that he's coming down with David to battle to attack Shal. Which is now, he's, now he's in the position to attack Shaul, so Avishai says, let me go ahead. It'll take me a second, I'll kill him, that'll be the end of the battle. So that's what I've, now even uh, the previous time, when David's men asked him to kill Shaul, David refused. So why did Avishai suggest it again? The answer is that David wasn't trying to attack Shaul. It's the other way around. Shaul came into the cave where David was. So then they said, oh, look at this, Shaul's come to you. Mm-hmm. And David said, no, I don't want to kill him. So maybe David understood, okay, you, you, it wasn't your plan. So then we understand you, you, whatever you didn't feel is the right thing to do. But now David volunteered to go into Shaul's camp. So he's obviously going to attack. So that's why I thought if, if David took him with him, so, so to speak, to make the first move, to go venture forth into Shaul's, into a Shaul's sleeping, uh, David obviously be to distract him. So that's what I wish I think that's what he's meant to do. And David's response, so yeah, David, I wish I know. 
So why did he go down? So why did he go down? So we're going to see soon. And it's obviously a question of Vishay asked as well. When you came, you risked your life in my life to come down to, into the middle of the camp, not to kill Shaz, what are we doing here? Why did we come? And so we already understand. David had the same plan as last time. You know, he wants to prove to Shaul that you can see, I can try to, you, I, I, when I'm able to kill you, I don't. You see, I'm not an enemy. Now the obvious question is, David already did prove to Shaul. So why this time is it going to make a difference? Mm-hmm. So the answer is, we don't see it in that, but Chazal tells us an answer. And Chazal tells us an answer that Avner, the general, was very responsible for that. Because even though at the time, Shaul was very impressed that David showed him, I cut off the corner of your, your garment, I didn't kill you. Mm-hmm. So you see that I'm loyal to you. So, uh, and Shaul at that stage decided to leave David alone. And Avner convinced him otherwise. Why? Because Avner told him, how do you know that you cut off the corner of your bag? Maybe it tore off on something, and he just happened to find it. No, and so he's making a believe that either he saved your life, maybe it's not true. He just happened to find the corner of a beggar which got ripped on a thorn bush or caught in the rock, and now he's making it sound like um, he's done so much to, for you, and maybe it's not true. And Lashon Hara unfortunately works. And uh, according to Ghazal, uh, Shaul believed Avner's, Avner's version, and put doubts in his heart that maybe David isn't as dull as he originally thought, which is why he came down again. Now, Avner, like we saw, eventually got punished terribly for that, he got killed, we'll see later on. But uh, that's why uh, Shaul, so to speak, rever- re- backtracked on his previous uh, admission that David was a tzaddik and, they, and he decided to attack him again. Mm-hmm. He believes in Lashon of Avner that, his, uh, that maybe it wasn't uh, so much a sign of David's loyalty, as that he was just fortuitously he happened to find a piece of Shaul's, Shaul's clothing which had gotten torn. And that's why David now wants to come again and do something with un- undeniable to prove that he could have killed Shaul if he wanted to, and he didn't. That was David's plan. Obviously, that's what happened. He didn't tell it to Avisha Abrant, which is why Avisha didn't realize what he was trying to do. Now, so the first point is David says he doesn't want to kill Shaul. Again, he never, David never thought for a second Shaul didn't deserve to die. But Shaul, David says, I don't, I don't want to be the one to kill him. I don't want to be the one to kill him. And that's what David says next. What's going to happen to Hashem? Or his day will come and he'll die. Or he'll go down to battle and be killed. In other words, it's not going to be me. Shal has to get punished. Shal Hashem will take care of it. How is he going to take care of it? So he gives Hashem three options. Either Hashem will take care which means he'll get killed in a plague. That's um, which means at a young age now. Oh yeah, 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 Eventually, in old age, is that his day will come when everybody dies, or he'll get killed by them in, a, in a war. Either of any of those options, Hashem can do. It doesn't need me to be involved. Manish Shvur to strengthen himself. David also had a temptation. Let me just kill Shaul and be done with him, and then I won't have to threaten anymore. But David decided it's the wrong thing to do, and if he makes a Shvur, I'm not going to do it. Qadidli Hashem. Please take the sphere and take his water uh, jar, which was next to him, and we'll take those with us as proof we were here. And then we'll go. So in other words, even they could have killed Shaul, and David was himself and I'm not going to kill Shaul, I'd rather than a Kodesh Baruch would take care of him. 
And uh, it's interesting the three options he offers. Either Hashem will kill him in a plague, or eventually he'll die from old age, or he'll be killed in war. All of those things are, David says, uh, would, uh, would be options, but he's not going to be one to raise a hand against it. The Kuzari, when he explains this, he says that if there's four ways things can happen in the world. Either there's what we call the Derech HaTeva, which means the system Hashem created in the world, and uh, that, that's what things work within that normal system. So that's, in the, so that's the case. The system Hashem created in the world is that people die. It's, uh, everyone has the, their lifespan, whether it's longer or shorter, however long it's going to be, and then when it comes to it, people die. So David said it could be that what happened to Shal is the normal course of events of that. Or sometimes the Kodesh Baruch makes things happen um, which aren't part of a Teva. It's not a nature, nature, but things happen which we see as part of what happens in the world, even if it's not part of a cycle. And that's Yigaf He'll get, He'll get sick. Not everybody gets sick. A lot of people live all day without getting sick, but there are times people get sick and die young when they're sick. So it's the second option. Hashem can bring about Shal's demise by making him sick and he'll die from sickness, even if he's not solved. Well, the last option is, and Hashem can also do, is he can cause other people to do what he wants. He wants people to do what he wants. And as a third option, we'll go into battle and he'll be killed by an enemy. But an enemy which is directed by Hashem to be the ones to kill him. So David said, for me to kill him, I'm not going to do it. In other words, David decided the choice to kill him or not to kill him. <coughs> and David took the decision, I'm not going to kill him. But David said, it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to die. But then, uh, rather than I shouldn't take care of him or nothing. Now, the, every single time, when it's a question of killing Shal, not killing Shal, David is a standard line. I can't raise my hand against the Mashiach Hashem. Why was the fact that he, what, what kind of in an invulnerability that the fact that he was Mashiach Hashem given. Given now he is, mm-hmm. is a chasinot from everything because he was known to buy Hashem. Why was that? What was the matter? To be known by Hashem was he was given the position of a king. And if he was given the position of a king, so then, okay, so he deserved to be a king. But now a king is doing something wrong. So now he deserves to get killed. What, why was that always the David's argument? I can't raise my hand against the Mashiach Hashem. What is known to buy Hashem? So, there's a number of possible ways to explain it. The one way is, and that is that, uh, that we saw once previously, if a king is acting within his rights as a king, so am I allowed to fight back and kill him? If a basin decides that someone's high basin, can the, can the defendant, or now the accused, mm-hmm. say, okay, I'll kill the basin. They want to kill me, I'll kill them. Mm-hmm. The answer is, no, you can't. Oh, but does it then have both the Harbi and I have a base and I want to kill you. So why can't I kill them first? The answer is, is if they don't deserve to kill you. But if they deserve to kill you, then you can't do anything about it. You know, they'll just be compounding the crime. And so that's the case. So then the same thing would apply to a king. If a king, for whatever reason, has the right to consider someone a murder in office, so then that person had to kill the king because the answer is not. If he has the right to do what he's doing, so he's not a murderer, He's acting within the within the, the his jurisdiction, so you can't you can't kill him. Now even though David held Shal was wrong, David held Shal was wrong. Well, David still held it. So it's not he's a king, mm-hmm. and because of that, then I can't take a blow into my own hands and kill him. That's one reason. Another reason which is given, and that is we have a pasuk in Mishlei, when that is Leiv Melachim Asarim Yad Hashem which means to a certain extent a king doesn't have the same free choice as other people. 
And the reason for that is like this. A person can have free choice to do things, and it affects them. But if a person's choice is going to affect so many other people, so if it doesn't suit Hashem what the person wants to do, you won't let it happen. Because uh, now it's not just a question of what the person does for themselves. Now it can affect the world. A king decides to go to war. It can affect two countries. His country, the country he's fighting against. That's a lot of people. There's a, a lot involved there. And therefore, it's not just that a person has a regular Bechira. Now I'm going to wake up for Shachas tomorrow or not. That's his private story, and that's Hashem will deal with him for. But now you're making a decision which is going to affect many, many lives. So if Hashem doesn't agree with the decision, doesn't suit him, you won't let it happen. And therefore, they have been more than a normal person. They have been Yachem Yad Hashem. How is it plain with this? There's a Gemara in, in Shabbos, the Fidalet, which the Gemara doesn't make sense. Seemingly, it doesn't make sense. The Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, if all, it's a, it's a quote which was started in the Gemara and has been adapted and plagiarized by a hundred other non-Jewish authors. But uh, the Gemara says, if, if all the skies were parchment, and all, all the skies, all the heavens were parchment, and all the seas were ink, and all the reeds were quills, it wouldn't be able to write the Chalalash Roshas. What's the Chalalash Roshas? The, so the way Rashi explains it there is to explain the actions of a king, the the decisions of a king. What's so complicated? What's so complicated? It takes the entire heaven of parchment and the entire ocean of ink to try and explain what a king does. The kings aren't necessarily such deep and detailed people. Mm-hmm. So what's the, everyone's, what's, and why does the Gemara have to say that? What's so important about it? So I think what the Gemara means is exactly this principle. And that is, kings make decisions. And all the political analysts and all the newspaper columnists and everybody is discussing why he did it and what is the reason. And they can go through all kinds mm-hmm. of things that maybe because of this, maybe that was the man. You can write as much as you want. You can fill the heaven with ink. It won't get to Chalala Shlorosh. It'll never get to the depth of why he did it. And the reason is because there isn't a reason. So you can analyze as much as you want. He did it, he didn't do it, he thought of it, he didn't think of it. He had this plan, he had that plan. It's, it's all a waste of time. It's all a waste of time. You can spend, the, you can spend endless amounts of uh, talk shows and uh, newspaper articles and news reports trying to examine and analyze what people do, things do, but it's, it's halal, it's empty. It's a halal of It's empty. Because at the end of the day, the real reason I did it is because they have Menachem Hashem. There's no, when it comes to something which affects the world or affects so many people, Hashem is the one who's putting the strength. And therefore, paradoxically, the more a person is powerful, the less he can make decisions. Because the more his decisions aren't up to him. Um, and therefore, it could be the who meant that as well. And says, at the end of the day, I don't know what Shal's doing, but he's the Mashiach Hashem. And that's because he's not responsible for these decisions. He's a live Melech, and if that's a card, the live Melech be Hashem. So I can't blame him for what he's doing wrong because it's not completely up to him. Obviously, Hashem is directing him. So then I can't, then I can't kill him. But that would be a second reason why David always says the reason I'm not killing him is because he's Moshe Hashem. And therefore, to some extent, Hashem is directing what he thinks more than it was true. It might have been a punishment for him, it might have been a Ruach Ruach that came as the Oynish, but then it came from Hashem. There was, a, there was a certain element of Shal being led more than Shal being act, actually responsible, so to speak, when he's fully responsible for the decisions he made. Okay, so therefore what Dog wants to do is to prove the point that he could have killed Shal and didn't, so he takes his water jug, he takes his spear, and then the Prophet says, David takes the spear and the water jug next to Shal's head, and then they leave again. 
It was uh, Hashem induced a deep sleep. Normally you have hundreds of people. Uh, people wake up, people notice things, people are aware of movements, people feel someone talking, people, whatever it was going to mm-hmm. be. Somebody in the whole Jewish camp, no one knew a thing. No one knew, no one saw, no one felt anything, no one woke up. It was Amin Hashem. Hashem. Hashem sleep that deeply that uh, it provided David the word to get in, the word to get out without being noticed. And uh, so the question is, was it something which David was, would be allowed to do? Or was he David risking himself in doing that? Um, we have to assume that David's question was that Hashem would protect him. Hashem would protect him. And Hashem did. Hashem did. Not in an openness, but in a way that made sure that all ever fell asleep. And no one knew so deeply, no one knew he came, no one knew he went. That's the simple shot in the Pasuk. That's the one of the Pasuk. Just like it says, that when he was sentenced to death by Pari, so in the different Midrashim, about how he wasn't killed by Pari, how much of an ace was involved. So one member said his, his neck turned to marble and, and mm-hmm. couldn't get killed by the sword, that's an open ace. But it's not an ace that the gods couldn't see him and didn't hear him and that kind of just escaped no new battle. Mm-hmm. Like Hashem caused him to not, not realize what was happening. Which would be a, a less of a nest, but it had the same effect. And the same thing happened over here. That's upset in the Pasuk. There's a very interesting Chazal. There's a very interesting Chazal, um, which we have to talk about. It's fascinating. We saw before that there were, David asked Hashem, why do you create madness in the world? Why do you create people who are sugar? And we saw that David, Hashem said, David, you'll see one day, I will help you. You know, we saw it in the story, David went down to Gath, mm-hmm. and he met the daughter, and whatever, there's an Achish looking of Gath. Uh, there was another one or two things that uh, David didn't understand the reason for, and also there he asked Hashem, why did you create them? One of the things he didn't understand is a mosquito. Why did you create mosquitoes? And really a mosquito is, is, is a, goes against the rule. Because normally there's, like, let's say there's a pyramid in the world. And something more important is, on top of things, that's important. So, for example, let's say you have things like the water, which is called the least important, and you have the plants. The plants use the water and the minerals in the ground. Mm-hmm. The plants are more important. Then you have the animals. The animals come eat the plants. So then the plants feed animals. The animals are more important. And at the top of the pyramid, you have the human being. And the person eats the animals. So he's at the top of the list. So in the pyramid of what's more important, a person should be at the top. And uh, what's the steer to the system? A mosquito. Because mosquito comes and eats a person. He lives off the human blood. Well, why in the world? Why would it be something which can, so to speak, be higher than a person mm-hmm. on, the, on the order of creation? That it lives off people? What's the special about a mosquito? By the way, it's much better. When the Gemara says that if a person becomes a Balgaiva, so the Gemara says in Hedrin, so we tell him, you tush kadamach. The mosquito comes before you. Why a mosquito? The answer is exactly this point. You think you're in charge of everything else in the world and everything there to serve you? Mm-hmm. You let yourself a mosquito. He eats you. So, the Dawid doesn't understand. Hashem, why are you carrying mosquitoes? And Hashem said the same thing to him. Chayacha, one day you'll eat a mosquito. So, listen to what Chazal said. When David had climbed, like, successfully managed to crawl his way into uh, Shaul's camp, and had, now was next to Shaul, he had taken his water jug, mm-hmm. and he's been about to get out again. What happened is after the general, who was around next to Shaul, 
So in his sleep, he turned over, and now his new position, he basically blocked over the escape route. Because now his, his legs were lying across where the first dog came in from. Mm-hmm. So that we couldn't get out. So he didn't want to do it. He definitely didn't want to try to wake them up. And now he was, so he was trapped, kind of thing, with him sleeping around him. He didn't have a way out again. So David Dhamma Stasha. So Hashem sends a mosquito. The mosquito stings over his leg. So in his sleep, he turned over again. Mm-hmm. That's because, uh, like, involuntarily, and now it opened up a path for David to get back out. So then he understood why Hashem created the mosquito. Uh, now, obviously, in his explanation, what does it mean? What does it mean? That uh, there was no other no use in history for the mosquito. But this, 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 this time justifies the mosquitoes. The answer is not. Hashem showed him. Mosquitoes are a tool. I can use a mosquito to sting people because I get people to do things that he wants them to do. And therefore, just like this time, other times also, Hashem could use mosquitoes as a, reason, as a way to do something. So he needs something, so to speak, which can uh, attack people in a way that can get people to do something. And here, uh, he, uh, basically, David needed Avner to move that way for him in his sleep. So how are you going to do that? So Hashem says the mosquito. Mosquito stings him, turned over, and that's, and that's allowed him to get out. And then he said in the words of the Apostle, that the end ray of any day they make it. That it wasn't that even though you know, there was there wasn't that everyone stayed still and no one did anything. But the Mesa, wherever everything which happened, Adam didn't know about it, he didn't wake up because of it. And that was the bigness. In other words, uh, sometimes mosquitoes things will never wake up. <laughs> whatever the case would be. No, Adam didn't know, he didn't get work for the mosquito and then that allowed David and Abishai to escape successfully. Anyway that was the that was the mission that David and Abisha went on. Now we're going to see next time. The point of it was in order to to prove to show this time you can't argue. This time you can't say that maybe your coat, no, the corner of your coat got caught in the rock or torn by a thorn. And this is your water jug. This is the sphere you put next to your bed last night. So now David wants to prove indisputably that he doesn't know anything against Shaul. He's hoping this time Shaul can't have anything to argue about it and will accept what he said.